welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 44. And for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love it. You just subscribe and you can reach out to me on all the socials, as always, at flores.run. Uh, this week, uh, we have a, a, a repeat guest. It's actually the first repeat guest we've ever had. We had such a, a great conversation last time. So I wanted to bring her back on the show. So, uh, Katie, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, I didn't, I didn't unmute you. Thanks for having me back. I muted you by accident. Oh, well. (laughs) Well, you missed my lovely introduction. I mean, hello, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I now have an accent. Yeah, for just randomly. It's like, that's weird. You didn't have an accent a couple of months ago when we did that, but sure, we have an accent now. That works. Um, I mean, should I go Russian accent? Maybe this is better for podcast. Is it? Part of KGB. Talk about economics. Oh, the podcast is going to get flagged for so many reasons right now. Like it's just, that's, that's the end of it. So this was a great show guys. Uh, We're done. No. um, Yeah. Today, if you saw from the uh, episode title about economics itself, we're going to get into a a subject that uh, Katie is much smarter than me in, which I, I know you guys are probably saying there's probably a lot of those subjects, but this one specifically Uh, She actually has a degree in economics, so she has some insight into kind of what makes a, um, as we're calling, economics of a successful population and kind of how that all plays in. So we can start with the the broad question. It's really to probably help me. It's it's, what the hell is economics? Why don't you take a shot? What do you think? Oh, gosh, I knew you were going to say I know you had to take a class in high school, at least. Actually, funny enough, did I have to take it in high school? I didn't. Yes. I didn't. What? Because I, when I transferred, so I guess technically I kind of did. Anyways, I moved from, obviously, you know, I moved from North Carolina down to Florida. In that process, I had taken a like, s- kind of like a social science type class that had like an economics component to it. And just because economics was in the name of it, Wellington gave me credit for it as my economics credit. So I didn't have to take economics in high school. So... <laughs> That's how you get out of doing that. Yeah. But no, I did take, I did take a, a, like how a that happened with biology. I had a marketing, like an economics marketing type class at uh, FAU. So, I mean, only the only thing I know from it, which is interesting from, from your notes, talking about like a social science and that kind of idea. Like, I don't think of economics of a population. I think of just straight like business things, supply, demand, all of that process of, you know, how do we, how do we measure up against other you know, people, businesses, countries, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So I'm sure my definition is, is partially right, but probably not there. No, I mean, that's a pretty good definition. Supply and demand. Um, it's all about, you know, scarcity of resources. And usually it's used to predict business, wealth and finance types of scenarios. Uh, that's definitely what it's about. And, yeah, it's a social science. A lot of people, I feel like as we talk about the economy, people think it's very kind of set in stone, but it really is a little bit of the butterfly effect. You know, anything, any additive or catalyst can kind of set something off that you never planned or that you didn't have added into your equation that you were running tests on. You can kind of, economics... It would be a science if we had a controlled setting to carry this out in, but we do not. So it is a ever fluid, ever changing um, study, which is something I found super interesting in 
obviously got a degree in it. Yeah. I chose to do it through the business college. And uh, so I took an economics. Oh, it was called econometrics. And it was probably the hardest class I've ever taken. And <laughs> we got to run these scenarios, which was super cool and you took all these variables and put them into the software obviously i didn't know what you were doing i had two books for that and <laughs> you saw how these variables would affect the outcome that you were hoping to get so you did go into it with what you wanted and then you ran tests to see which variables would get you very close to or give you i mean that's the perfect outcome, which almost never happens. Mm -hmm. You know, you get as close as you can to the variable, but if you were to get a perfect match, I mean, that's very unlikely, but <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of the study of economics and my background of it. And today we're taking that a little bit out of its box or realm, if you will, and giving it a bit of a social spin. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting because we were chatting back and forth about like what the hell we wanted to talk about to tonight. And you just, all you sent me was this Venn diagram and it was just, it was an interesting, like I had to take it back and you were, I was like, that's, that's interesting. I need to take a look at that. And you're like, are you sure? And I'm like, well, it's also 11 o'clock at night and I'm exhausted. So I'm gonna take a look at it again in the morning. But it was like seeing what you had done, it made, it made sense of kind of how those things would be intertwined and how it it's kind of important to try to find that like that sweet spot in the middle of like that's where we should be what do we have to do to get there that's probably that's all i'm going to say about it i'm not going to take your thunder away no that's exactly right and this in the context of how we'll be talking about it is changing how we think about GDP, if you will. I mean, GDP right now is the end all be all. It is making profits. That is how we measure success, making profits, shareholders having more money than they did last year. Um, you know, that's pumping new products out. That is the, the end all be all right now for how we measure success kind of across the world. And going forward, with that type of momentum and not including other aspects going off sheer logic, I guess, you know, or what they want to call science is very damaging in other aspects of an important populate or health of a population. So there's <laughs> four countries that you apparently, you watched a Ted talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I, yeah. <laughs> well, they only said in that Ted talk, there was only three. What was the fourth one? And did the Ted okay. talk for a little older? It, Iceland, Wales, New Zealand, and Scotland. I was going to make a really like uneducated comment. Like I thought Wales was Scotland. Um, is that going to start a war? Did I just, did I just cause a problem? No, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. I'm from Russia. Um, right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's let's take a step back and not not go there yet. I guess I talked about that Venn diagram. What are those three pieces? You had you had said sure. one of them. Yes. So the three factors that we're talking about are variables tonight for our for getting to the equation that we would like that we'll talk about at the end are integrity, logic, and morality. Those are very broad. <laughs> um, so I'll just do kind of the definition 
Like I would like to define those, uh, the good and bad. I think of both of those. And as I get to my notes, I- <laughs> Well, it's funny. You, I had actually looked up the definition of logic and there's, I, of course, when you type in logic in Google, the first thing that comes up is, uh, not logic, the rapper, which would actually have been a cooler thing if it did, but it was actually just the Wikipedia page of basically saying like, there's no real definition of logic because it's ever changing and how we think about, I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, come on now. Like I asked you Wikipedia for a definition. Don't give me this like hokey pokey thing. But I mean, that's, that's really what it is. It is. And in this kind of, we're going to use these as almost questions, I guess. So yes, we'll do it's logic is science or intellect, I guess, as I would say. And then as a question or how it relates to a population is that's how you kind of tackle problems. I suppose that would be the, the reason for logic. Um, then we have integrity. <laughs> um, integrity is, people get this confused with morality, but integrity is being true to your word, being true to yourself, being authentic to yourself. And um, I don't know, I like to use the mobster, mobster scenario. So obviously, you know, integrity, we can think of a lot of positive ways that people are integritists. Um, as it comes to kind of on the morality side, but you also have people being true to themselves can be, you know, sometimes serial killers. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they can be mobsters. I mean, mobsters, Al Capone was very integritous. He, if he, you did not pay your debt, he killed you. Like he said he was going to, it's, you know, it's being, <sighs> Yes, going off of what you want to do kind of thing. Yeah. Being true to your your belief system. Right. You have you've you've made your mind up of this is <clears throat> this is kind of what I believe. This is how I'm going to live my life. This is me, quote unquote. This is who I am. And I'm being true to whatever self that is. Again, whether it's right or wrong, <laughs> how you want to look at it, you know, you're still these people are still being true to themselves. Right. Right. It has more to do with like your word. Right. So and then the third component is morality. And that is a very, it's an interesting subject because we've kind of seen it shift from what I'd like you to talk about, which is religion. So like, what does morality look like for you in your life as far as a person of faith or in general? <laughs> It was, it was interesting because obviously, obviously we have notes, guys. We kind of semi-know what we're talking about. But when I saw you had asked that, said, I'm curious on your thoughts on this. It kind of made me take a step back and really have that, that big picture approach of like, what does my faith mean to me? I know it's probably, a, you know, people say it all the time now talking about religion and that sort of thing. And I don't like to classify myself necessarily as religious because that seems like a, just a list of do's and do nots kind of thing. It just seems like very, I don't know. I, it's not kind of where I want to be. So based off my faith, because I believe what I believe and I believe um, people should live a certain way as far as loving other people, uh, you know, above themselves and that sort of thing. I think that's where, especially in probably the last like five, six years as I've really grown in my faith, that's kind of where I put it is, am I doing things like a, it's pretty simple to me is am I hurting people or am I helping people? regardless of the people, even if it's something that you may not believe what I believe, that's fine. But if I treat you like an ass, 
then I'm going against what I actually believe myself. So then it's kind of the, the hypocrite in there that goes back to that integrity thing. <clears throat> so I would say from like, like my morals and like that sort of thing, the like moral compass, if you will, is kind of that, that guiding light of, you know, as, as a Christian, it's, this is how Jesus lived his life. And that was supposed to be the example that's set. And that's kind of where, where I go of that's my example. Now follow said example kind of thing. It's not necessarily, um, do's and do nots, if that makes sense. No, exactly. That's what it's, that's what it's about. Cause even broadening that and taking it to a place that's not as spiritual is your connection to your surroundings I mean, simply how you treat others, how you treat the resources that you have, how you, I mean, how you perceive things is almost a sense of, you know, how you, your moral beliefs, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I mean, I, I think religion is very important, even though I don't necessarily identify with any particular religion. I absolutely believe in a creator and that all the religions are kind of connected and they're they're kind of each area's description of how, what they thought of God and their experiences with God. So I, I find, I take, you know, all of them I think are relevant and I think all of them are true kind of thing, but there is, there is a creator. And I, I think it's very important to have that guiding factor to have faith. So I think that's what, the I, interesting thing about I think one thing that comes with that, you talk about like the, we talked about before, like social responsibility and kind of what, what is my purpose here? I think it's when you, you can come into that moral sense uh, of it's not about me. And I think that's where we kind of get tied up in so much of this bad, bad podcaster, bad podcaster. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off. Um, but you, you get this idea of like, it's not about me. And how can I help others? And when we have that idea of it is all about me, that's when it, the, the coin gets flipped and, and things go disarray. Again, it goes back to the morality and integrity and that sort of thing. If I make it, if I make everything I'm doing about me, well, then you come into the mobster issue. You come into the serial killer kind of thing. You come into those situations and maybe not even from like a violent standpoint is you push your own agenda and you don't believe um, that climate change is real or things are happening or, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to <clears throat> make the, we don't need to take these measures to help people in need because it doesn't matter about them because this is about me and I'm going to do what's going to help me out. You almost, you just talked about the whole conflict between all three. That was exactly <laughs> the, the point is that all three of these things can certainly be in conflict with each other. And on a macro scale, you can definitely see that in populations as you have, in my opinion, a, a shift away from morality as we become more advanced, a shift more towards integrity as well as logic and away from morality. So, and I think that on a micro scale is also going on inside of most people as well. There has become a sense of, of, of self promoting versus the, the outward expression of love. 
That's what I was going to, I was going to ask you what your thoughts on that is because of like the way our culture is now is there's a lot of that self-promotion and the, you know, if we want to get the influencer culture. That's basically our generation is the influencer generation of, I need this because they have it. And it's all about me, 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 how that's affecting that. Cause I can see that as it's taking away, like you said, from the morality, we're no longer, we no longer have, our values are no longer within us we our values are based off the opinions of others so when that starts going off the wayside you start focusing too heavy on this logic um which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we need to know like you said how do we tackle these problems how can we like sit down and have that conversation but when it starts pulling to that me side well the answers to those questions become completely different when you're no longer worried about the population as a whole or your community as a whole, but you're more focused on yourself. Yes. I actually have an example for this. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to use this only fans popularity. So have you heard of this? Just recently I've heard about this weird. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So this, this is a, a way that young women and men have started making money and, it's in my opinion my pornographic and not the best way for young people to develop themselves and cultivate themselves to a career of thriving and doing well um i think it comes with a lot of shame and and that type of thing and it's a very hard hard road just to get out of once you start down but of course you know once again that's my opinion but that's because of the morality aspect for me that I think is lacking. So though, you know, those women have a lot of integrity in themselves. They are, they don't have shame. They're willing to put it out there. They, and they use the logic. I mean, that makes money. There's your logic factor. And those two things have kind of pushed morality out. And like I said, I think that that's dangerous because it takes a balance of all three of these things to really make a happy person and on a larger scale to really make a, a population that is going to progress because for that, in my opinion, sets us backwards. Yeah. Going with only two of the structures and putting emphasis on those. We're now going back to a time where, you know, women were sex objects and <laughs> right. Kind of and, that and, it's weird, and, and you have that. The weird thing with all of that is it's not. So obviously, <clears throat> In, in olden days, it was, I don't know why I'm doing a lot of air quotes today. I just need to put my hands down or whatever. Um, it, you had this where men were objectifying women and that's reason why these things were happening. And, and now it's kind of flipped where it's like, no, these people are doing these things by their own volition because they know they're going to make money or they're going to get whatever, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, their name out there, fame or whatever the case. I mean, you look at like a Kim Kardashian kind of thing. I'm like, that's literally the staple of this kind of thing where you're just like, she made a sex tape and now all of a sudden, like she's got more money than she knows what to do with. And it's like how, you know, a lot of people, some people can see that and go, how dare she? She doesn't have any morals or thing. But then other people flip that around and go, well, she took care of herself. She took a situation and she made it great and she's doing this. And it's like, yeah, but, but if you asked her what she truly believed in and what she like, I don't know if she, she knows if it's not about making more money. And obviously, I mean, you keep saying, in my opinion, like, I don't give a shit, whatever I say, it's obviously my opinion. <laughs> 
I just, I've, that has become kind of my PC way of. I've been following your Instagram stories. Yes, I know exactly how PC you get sometimes. I am. I am. I, no, it was I not, not sarcasm. Not sarcasm. <laughs> not sarcasm. One hundred percent. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't I, like. I don't know. If you're listening to a podcast, obviously you know how I believe and what I talk about. So it's like turn it off. Well, yes. And I, I agree with that. I mean, WAP is not my favorite thing. I just don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, I would say, okay, I've read the novels where they explain sexy time in a very romantic and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> appropriate way. And it's just, I, it's hard for me with this stuff, like, you know, we're talking about with my morality and as hard as that was, I didn't mean that to come out as vain as it was going to, but I guess I'm going to say it. I mean, as hard as I've worked to come up in a field and bust my butt and make no money and have debt and all that kind of stuff to, to finally get to a job where I'm making a difference. I'm doing something productive. I'm passionate about it and it's you know progressing the development of women in the workplace so I guess maybe I have a bias but I don't necessarily know it's it's a bias though but I think what you're seeing is you're you're having this and and we won't we don't have to go down this this line because I've seen it just in your Instagram stories and it made me think of you say you you've posted things and you're like how is this bettering the situation like you're you're doing these things you're you're portraying this this image and you're saying this is this is the right way to do it and you're like no you're literally just setting it back whereas what you're doing in a case is you know you worked hard you did this you did this the the I was going to do air quotes again I'm just not going to do it you did it the right way if you will and and that to, I agree. It's kind of setting it up for like, no, I don't have to do X, Y, and Z to be in a position that I'm in or, or to, to work where I want to be and be happy or, or, or fulfilled in what I have. I don't have to rely on anyone else's for that or anyone else's um, approval or anything like that. So it's, it's interesting how people kind of change who they are to to what they think is like hey this is i'm i'm showing myself i'm standing out there for a cause or whatever the case is like no you're not though you're you're if anything you're you're the reason why the people that hate that cause continue to hate that cause yes that is it's it's hard because the hypocrisy of everything (laughs) so the hypocrisy of everything is very difficult because we we've gotten to a point now where we don't have to face it. We're able to post around it to pretend to be somebody else. And we don't have to take accountability for our actions. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong. It's, it's not a bad thing to take accountability and to, to change your opinion or to, to adapt the way you think it's very, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's a tough thing because you 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 should grow if i would be i would be a complete hypocrite or ignorant or any however you want to explain it if all i said was <clears throat> if you don't believe what i believe you're wrong and i'm shutting you up i don't want to hear what you have to say i don't want to hear anything there's like in the end you're not going to change my mind 
but you know, straight up, it's like, that's, that's obvious, but that doesn't mean that I should just shut you out and not let you speak what, what you believe or whatever the case might be. And I think we get into that self-righteousness thing where people are like, no, I'm right, period. And you're like, yeah, yes. but, but, but you're not kind of thing because I have a different opinion. So it's, so when we play the someone wins, someone loses, we both lose. I'm like, shit, it's like I'm a marriage counselor or something. I've been married for shit. What's this year? It'll be nine years and like a month. And it's like, you know, I've made a ton of mistakes along the way and I've put my foot in my mouth more than I can, than I can even count. But it's like in the end, it's if you're, if you try to fight to win, you're both going to lose. And that's really in any relationship you have. That is what we tell people in court all the time. That is so going into trial, let me tell you going into trial. So especially for divorce cases, I mean, you're rolling the dice and you tell them that you say, that's the thing. It, it always is. There is, there are no winners walking out of that courtroom. Everyone is a loser in some way. You probably got some of the things you wanted, but you definitely did not get the ideal outcome. It's just not like that. Yeah, it's so this, this it's, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing when you get in that, that way and we can wrap, we can get back into the the actual topic that we were talking about, but it, it, it all kind of goes together though, because of the idea of when we have that self-righteous me first mentality, we, we lose focus of, you know, our morality and that sort of thing. And kind of that balance in the three, you know, almost like, um, like captain planet, like without earth, wind, Earth, wind, fire, water. What's the other one? What's the other Captain Planet? Is it spirit? Captain Planet, the five. Heart. Heart, Heart. yes. With your powers combined. I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Never mind. Um, (laughs) I'm going to derail us. Uh, I actually remember that because I watched some Captain Planet for sure. Definitely remember renting some VHSs. So now children VHSs are, do you remember having to, well, I mean, you're not that much younger than me, but you probably remember having to rewind before you took him back to Blockbuster. Of course. Gosh, the good old days. Going to Blockbuster was like a deal. I was like, wait a second. Do I need to explain Blockbuster as well? Like maybe, (laughs) Gosh, I'm dating myself. No, I hope not. I worked at Blockbuster. Um, That's funny. Yeah, it's it's, it's something. Um, all right, so back to our three They're things. Back. back, back, coming back there. So we had this idea of, or you had this idea of, like we have these three things, and we kind of need to have this balance. And then this goes back to kind of what we started to go down, but I said I wanted to hold it off of, kind of how do we, how do we get that balance and. And it was kind of that well-being economy. Right. So the, it is, it's a delicate variable balance. It's combining these three, in my opinion, (laughs) I'll stop saying that. So (laughs) I'm doing air quotes and you keep saying in my opinion, let's, we'll be clear for the rest of the episode, whatever Katie says, it's her opinion. No one is forcing her to say these things. This is her opinion. Yes, I made this up. I made this Venn diagram up completely. And this is all <laughs> something I've concocted. And 
Um, (laughs) 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 Yes, I, so the ideal, the ideal economy I think that we're moving towards is, is measuring GDP or the success of a population and even people for that measure matter in a very different way. Um, Happiness, the ability to have time off, maternity, paternity leave, um, suicide rate is a factor, obviously, things, things like that, that actually show you not just the profits, but the people. And going forward, as we have more access to each other around the world, I think this ever becomes more and more important. Yeah, I think it's, I think you hit the line there. That's exactly right. It's taking it away from the profits and looking at the people, looking at your community, you know, is, are, are suicides going up? Are things like that, you know, continuing to go up? Well, what are we doing about it then? I don't care if you're the richest country in the world, if your suicides are going up or your mass murders are going up or underage pregnancies are going up. What, what's happening here that we're not addressing that issue because that's going to affect the entire health of, of your, your population, even from something as simple of if you have, um, you know, uh, um, like the health of your nation, you know, obviously being in the U S we're super fat. So you have this thing where it's like, if we don't get that under control, like, well, insurance costs, right. Health costs rises, insurance costs rises. And that technically takes away from the rest of our GDP that then it's not now we're now nothing's leveling out. And it's like these little things, it's crazy how we make a change in the little things to change people's behaviors, mindsets, that sort of thing, how it can have that like long-term effect. Exactly. That is, it has a very long, sorry. I was off of my own brain for a second. That's fine. Your microphone is going crazy. You sound like a robot. I'm going to turn it off then. Cool. Now that it's not going crazy and you'll have to remind me where we're at. Um, I was talking about the small things kind of adding up to the big picture of how, like, if we, if we take a, uh, take those small things into account and kind of make the difference in the small things, how it kind of helps the overall health, the health and well-being, if you will, of an entire population. What small things do you mean? Um, like we talk about like suicide rate, the underage pregnancies, all of those little, like the little things that we can do to, to, to measure happiness in people. Like if you do it from like a, a company standpoint, if you so like employee satisfaction, like how happy are the people to be living where they're at kind of thing? If they're not happy, then they're not going to spend money. And if they don't spend money, then you have this like trickle down effect, trickle down economics. I don't know if that's what that actually means, but it sounded like a fit. Yes, it is. I mean, yes, in a way that would make sense. I don't know if making the top people happy would then trickle down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like it's almost like, it's almost like an inverse pyramid, though. Like it's it's you find the the people that are being affected because mo- more often than not, the people, even rich people, aren't happy. But the people that are kind of being um, uh, handled by the system, if you will, that are being affected by all of these things that are happening and they're just kind of getting rained on with it and, and feel like they can't get anything out of it. If those people felt better about the situation they were in, well, then that turns everything around, I think. Yes, that is, you have to, people, a sense of security is a human, a basic human need. 
and right now there's way too much uns or what is it insecurity yeah <laughs> there's way too much insecurity in or uncertainty that's what the word i was going for there's way too much uncertainty in people's lives at the moment you know job security the having the 9 to 5 and that route that we've been told doing the 9 to 5 and you know go to college get a job do the nine to five, get a house, get married, have the kids, do this, do this. Um, that has, it has imploded. It is no longer secure. There is no, if you go to work for a corporation or a business or something like that, there's no job security. You're not going to be there for 15 to 50 years. Turnover is getting a lot higher and that's scary. That's a very scary factor. And in my opinion, dang it. Um, I honestly think that that's because there's a lack of morality again in businesses taking care of their employees. Um, working as a recruiter, you know, we were trying to get people to take less money so that we could incorporate that into our compensation package. And then on top of that, these people got no PTO, no, no benefits at all. And then they could be fired after three months for no reason, just because, and then not have a job again and have to start all over. And that's very scary to live in a world like that. And if we constantly measure by, you know, having to have growth in GDP, then that's going to keep happening. Or you have things like what happened with Wells Fargo, where they were opening fake accounts to continue to make it look like they were growing because they just, there weren't how do you, once you've saturated a market to that extent, how do you continue to grow? How many more people need accounts? So then all these people were having, dead people were having accounts open. People had six accounts that they were opened under their name and all kinds of things. And it's just a focus of, focus on a growth that we can't sustain. It's just not possible to have exponential infinite growth in profits to right. that magnitude. Right. It, you're going to get, it's, you're hitting a point of diminishing return. And, and when you, when you start worrying strictly about the dollars and cents and you lose track that, Hey, um, these people are people, they have lives. There's things that they need to handle. You know, this situation with, um, with COVID and, and everything that's happened this entire year. I mean, this year has just been, just an interesting thing to me. I, I'm interested to see like next year, just kind of looking back and playing a study thing. Obviously this is going to be around for a while. So I'm not saying like next year when it's all gone and everything's good. Um, unless you believe the election's going to come and then it's going to be fine, but that's a whole nother, is that not a good joke to make? Okay. Um, no, I, <laughs> I have a very funny conspiracy theory about the election. So <laughs> perfect. We can talk about that off the air. Cause I'm sure I have, I have some as well. Um, <laughs> But the um, the like looking back and kind of seeing how how we've adjusted as a culture of this is the new normal. This is what is going to be going forward and how we react and how businesses treat employees that, you know, uh, before they had to be micromanaged. But now that people are having to work from home in many industries all right, are you giving them more slack or are you micromanaging them harder from a remote? Is that going to turn turnover because people feel like they're being watched or um, things like that? Like I'm lucky enough where, you know, where I work now, it's, it's not that case. It was like, Hey, we're working from home. That's it. When are we coming back? No clue. 
you know, and, and the same kind of thing of, Hey, if you have to deal with something, you know, people that had kids or parents or so, someone to take care of, they're like, just tell your manager. That's it. You don't have to give any explanation. You don't have to give any reasons. You don't have to give us a timeline. Just tell us what we, what we need to do to help you better succeed. And I think when you start getting companies that, that care about their people enough that, you know, my company's not losing money. It also helps the industry and they're in, but they're not losing money because I want to work harder now knowing that, Hey, if I've got to leave, it's like, I'm going to work twice as hard because of that, where it's like, if you treat me like crap, I'm just not going to, I'm going to just do the bare minimum that I need to do. And then, then you're losing there. So these people are, I'm actually, my company's gaining because of how much they entrust me and how much they're pouring into their associates. And if we do that, if you think of a whole scale of as a community or as a population, if we focus on helping others and being a part of, of, you know, picking up the one beside you that's on the ground, you know, if, if we're all kind of moving together in this, we all have a better positive attitude that are willing to make that exponentially grow where again, you're going to hit diminishing return with your profits. Like you said, you can only saturate a market too much where it's like, all right, we have 99.9% of the, the accounts in this area. Now what? And you're right. I think something I want to touch on that you said that I wanted to highlight is the fact that you said we, and I think that's very important for people to understand. It's not the government. It's we, 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 the people of the United States of America. Yes. And, and that means not, not by professing your love or your belief system, but by acting on it, by showing love as an action and not by merely throwing money at things either by doing things, by interacting with people, by bringing dinner over to a friend. I mean, driving someone to the airport, it's small acts of kindness that, need to be invested in by everyone, myself included, everyone included. And once again, I think we go back to like, I feel like that's the part that's slipping away is morality. And, you know, think about it. If we're going back in history, even so like morality, right. On a, on a bad level kind of led to a lot of wars because people were like, woo, this is what we believe and you're wrong. So <laughs> kind of a mixture of morality and integrity, not a lot of logic, not a lot of logic, not, not like if we go burn this down and like get stuck here overnight, like what are we going to eat if we burned all the food? Like that's not the best scenario. Like <laughs> not a lot of logic back then in the, just running off of straight integrity and morality, like just, <laughs> and then logic entered. And I think it's great. I personally love logic. I was very analytical and black and white for a long time, but that gave me kind of a complex where I didn't believe that everyone was worthy. Mm-hmm. So although we talked about, you know, the fan only type of thing, the morality factor for me comes in is where there's still people and I feel like they're still not making the right decision, but they are still worthy of all the things that could come to them 
outside of that. Like I don't diminish their person for their decisions in the moment, because as we all know, we've all made bad decisions and done stupid things. But as far as it progressing our culture and our people and population, it just, it has to be a combination of all three of these things. You can't leave out any factor you know, I wonder what it would be like morality and logic, those two running together. Those two don't really fit well together. <laughs> what do you think that would look like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think you kind of run into that, that sense now where, it, I mean, really with morality and logic is it, anybody can be ruined with one headline. It doesn't even have to be a true headline. Something can just oh, come out and nice. you just have this, have this thing of like, this just came out. And boom, like now what? And it's like, it doesn't matter. Even if it's a hundred percent false, you get this thing. Well, now you're back in the corner. Nobody believes you. Or it's like, well, I don't want to not believe you because if I don't believe the other person, then I'm, I'm a part of the other problem. And it's like, you can't stand on your beliefs of, I want to, this is what I believe. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm trying to show this, but there's no, that logical of like from the other side of, well, I can't just automatically believe you. I have to kind of, I kind of, kind of like play that fence of like, well, I don't know if the signs might be there. It's, you know, we, I've seen a bunch with comedians lately, which like they talked about like the LA comedy scene has just been real weird of just like a bunch of allegations and stuff like that coming out. And there were a couple of comedians that were, that just stayed quiet and that was their response. And they told like their friends and stuff, this isn't true. And you know, and they've, they've showed proof and they're like, this is, and then there's other people that are like, no, I'm standing up and I'm fighting for it. Both ways were wrong in the eyes of society of like, cause they're just like, well, he's standing up and he's saying these people shouldn't speak out. He's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this didn't happen here. Like don't put me into a bucket as well. So I think you kind of run into that. Oh yeah, definitely. I think everyone's, and that's the hardest part is making those judgments and not putting people in buckets. But unfortunately right now it's the divisiveness has come in the language and it's come from both sides. Um, it is. And that's the kind of Fox in the hen house thing, unfortunately in, with the left, I almost said in my opinion, but <laughs> <laughs> um, is that it's kind of a fox in the hen house because although their verbiage seems to support a good cause, the verbiage reads of the actual headline as very divisive. You know, this affects you specifically, you know, very, very targeted right. to make everyone feel separate, different part of a minority group and something they need to protect and defend. Mm -hmm. And I think we've, we have seen quite a bit of that. I mean, people are retracting into their strongholds, their belief system hard. And well, it's like you when said, we're, we're kind of bucketing. We're, we, we are bucketing people into this. And it's when you do that, it's you have to choose. And it becomes like, I don't want to choose. I don't want to just choose a side because especially now, like Kayla had asked me when she was, when we were doing our, like her voter registration stuff, she's like, she's like, am I Republican or Democrat? And I'm like, that's a great question because they don't mean anything anymore. Like that means nothing. These, these individual party lines that used to be someone had a hard belief on this and a hard belief in this. You still have the obviously concepts and some general ideas of it, but you, 
we, we try to put people in buckets now and they're so far to each side. We don't have this kind of like, eh, you can kind of, you can kind of be sitting in here and you know, that sort of thing. It's like, no, you're either believing this, you know, you're either you're supporting climate change or you're a racist. Which one are you? And you're just like, ah, I mean, I think climate change is real and I'm also not a racist. Like, I don't <laughs> like it's, I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to have to like be, be like so far to each side. But it's like, we, like you said, we're, these headlines are saying like, this is for you and the way they're treating you. And it's like, well, you just bucketed me. You put me in this group of people, whatever that means. And it's like, now I have to, do I need to act in this stereotype? Cause that's really all it is. When you put people in buckets, you're just, you're literally making stereotypes a real thing. And you perpetuate a cycle. And when everybody participates, you, <laughs> end up in, you know, World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality of, of the pushback of uh, coming from a perspective where you, you cannot take things as they've seen. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen me talk about this and you can cut this out later if it's too political. Not cutting anything out. <laughs> Um, so Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, that, that has become a, a, uh, something that the right is holding onto like a bone, a prized bone. It is like a dog with a prized bone is what it feels like. And it's not a bone to be proud of by any standard. I mean, that, and there's all these lawyers getting on and talking about the legal scenario and why it was self-defense. And I think it's, it's pretty obvious. And I'm, I'm a paralegal. I'm not giving legal advice or this is just in my, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is that no, he, you cannot commit a crime first by, by going strapped with a weapon underage into an imminent threat. That's not how that works. It's you don't get to commit a crime first and then claim self-defense. It's just not it's not how it's done here. And holding on to that and, and waving it around like a proud flag is is inciting a different side of this that is the side that I've been worried about, which is drawing out the opposition mm-hmm. to what is happening right now. It's, it's so, it's so interesting because it's, you know, obviously since I've been able to vote our, our political, I mean, obviously the political system has been just like weird and I'm sure it was just not as bad, but probably similar as when we were growing up and we couldn't vote and we really weren't paying attention to it. At least I wasn't, <clears throat> but it's so interesting of just how polarizing these things can be. And it's just like, how do we you know, I can see a lot of people saying, how do we change? How do we make a change? How do we get to this well-being economy when, you know, we don't, we can't even agree on things or, or even agree to like, hey, let's just come together. Like coming together would be an agreement. Like I would even, I would count that as a win of no, let's come together and figure out what it is. I don't agree with what you're saying. You don't agree with what I'm saying, but there's got to be some common ground so we don't kill each other. And unfortunately, yeah. the thing is, is we're just killing each other. Like, that's what's the thing that's actually happening. So how, how do we even get to that, like, balance? 
That's a fine line because it's a very small part in that Venn diagram. Those are some huge circles and a very small, a very small overlap. And as we've talked about tonight, as what I think is slipping would be morality. And I, I think there's been a kind of an attack on religion as of late. I want to pull up, I want to pull up the uh, Venn diagram if I can. There's the, uh, there's oh, this, yeah. this small little piece she's talking about for those that are watching the uh, YouTube video. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean uh, that you think religion's getting, getting the attack of it? I think that there's kind of an attack on religion um, because it promotes, I'll use, I'll use abortion as an example. Um, I think there's an attack on religion for that. I think that people attack pro-life people. So, and that's a very interesting topic because so in economics, in Freakonomics, the book, Roe v. Wade, so after abortion was legalized, which was a Republican backed bill, by the way, as funny as that is. So it used to be because the Republicans wanted people to stay the hell out of everybody's health care. So they were like, yeah, whatever. Now it has certainly become religious because religious has become synonymous with the right side. And if you're religious, apparently you vote that way, which I think is odd as well. You know, it kind of puts you in a bucket. Um, Tell me about but, it. Yeah. So you have this kind of standoff because what I'll tell you from Roe v. Wade is that it, they did economic studies after and they had predicted or economic studies before and they had predicted that the, the crime rate would increase by, I, I don't know, 15% over the next 20 years. So abortion was legalized and they had had that. And so they had predicted that this crime rate would go up and not realizing the impact that that decision, that Supreme Court case decision would have. And what it ended up doing was decreasing the crime rate by the same amount that it, would, it was expected to increase. Hmm. So then you factor in the logic of that. And that's where you have kind of the logic and the integrity, which is if you can't take care of that child, they don't have that child. And then that child is less likely to grow up in a home where they would be subject to becoming or, you know, following suit in those statistics that we see in our crime rates, like violent crime offenders and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, it's, did I just drop off with where I was going <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Um, no, I think that is interesting because you can, you talk about those buckets of, you know, luckily, um, you know, well, I, I, I know my pastor personally, so I know kind of his beliefs and, and the way he votes and what he, what he thinks there, but he never, he says it when he's speaking, he's like, I will never tell you to vote for a specific person. I'm not going to tell you to have like, he's like, he's like, I preach the Bible. That's what I preach. I'm not going to tell you specific people. He's like, they always tell me people come and tell me to endorse candidates or do whatever and have the church do this. And he's like, that's not my role. My role is to not do that. It's not to sway you or, or anything like that. So we, we as a church, you know, I get that all the time of, because, you know, because I'm a Christian, I believe certain things. And because of that, I'm a bigot or, or whatever the case might be. And it's like, but you don't know me. You're, you're putting me in this stereotype bucket. 
and it's you don't understand, you know, you don't understand my past and what I've been through to, to make those judgments and that sort of thing. And I think it's, you know, then when you flip it around, it's like, but if I said those things to you, oh my gosh, like I'd be on the next, you know, six o'clock news kind of thing of, can you believe what this guy said about this? Because I'm not in a different bucket. I'm not in a bucket that's getting attention right now. And that's the other thing that's kind of weird with all of this is it's weird how we go through these cycles you had brought up of, uh, the cyclical, um, no uh, nature of, of our economy and culture is how certain groups all of a sudden get, get attention only when it's popular to get attention. And, and I, I don't mean as, as these, these groups should not be speaking out or anything like that. I mean it as everyone else around the situation that's not actually involved, like to making an impact or pushing a moment, you know, whether it's black lives matter or whatever. And it's like, you know, why are we, killing, killing black people that are unarmed. You know, obviously there's some other circumstances that come into certain cases, but it's like, why are we doing these things? Let's figure out a way to make this work. And all of a sudden now every single business has a black lives matter page. I got 50,000 emails telling me that every company I support is not racist. And I'm like, I didn't think you were racist, but now I think you are because you're telling me that, that you're not racist. And it's like, you know, it's like, let me guess you have that one black friend and that, and that's why it's okay for you to send this email. I just, I think it's interesting how these things come in cycles when, you know, um, when gay marriage was becoming a, a, a popular subject, what, five, six years ago of like, and all of a sudden everything's on that wave. And it's like, oh, we don't care about that right now. And it's like, but no, you still should care about people. And I think that's where we're all, we're, people jump on what's popular and they don't really care. And that's what pisses me off more. It's like, you know, you don't, you care about wearing your mask in public and you um, want to protect people and not spread it there, but yet you'll join a protest with 15,000 other people where no one's wearing a mask and you're basically just touching each other. I'm like, well, but, but what's the, why those kinds of things confuse me. And maybe it's just cause you know, I'm a, a wasp basically. And it's like, you know, what, what do I know? What, what have I struggled with? And it's like, Hey, maybe, maybe it is a little bit of my own, um, naiveness, if you will, but I don't know, my two cents, I'll stop. I think it's a balance of those three things, honestly. I think, you know, you're not quite as at war with yourself and those three things have a much more harmonious balance within your person. And that that's the interesting thing is that it has to happen on a micro level, like economics, you have a micro and a macro level, you have a very small community level and you can take that as small as the individual itself up to a global scale. And it is, you have to, this, this kind of Venn diagram, I think might ring true for a lot of people that you have to have a balance between all three of those things to truly, I don't know, come to an enlightened state of being and to be able to be happy and find joy and have a connection to your surroundings and still feel responsible, but also take science in and allow it to change your view of things and expand your, your horizons. And of course on a global scale, you can see how that would work. You know, that's one of the big things we want to promote is looking for, and you can see how they kind of run together, like morality and logic. We use logic to make green energy. We're using logic to advance medicine. Those are all things that are, you know, very 
pretty amazing. And I, I feel like we should measure, measure those in a different way besides money as well. Those advancements in living longer and developing organs and growing new organs and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And apparently, Mr. Mr. Elon Musk has like probes that he can stick in your brain and then like turn back on your legs if you were paralyzed. That guy, that guy is ridiculously smart. We're, I think, I think generations later are going to look back at him and be like, holy shit, this guy was onto something. But we're just, we're just, we're in that generation now where we're like, ah, whatever, man, the earth is flat. What are you talking about? Um, well, that, that's how it all worked for all of them. I mean, yeah. none of them were remembered until they were dead. And <laughs> like, oh shit, maybe they had something, maybe they had something going. They thought they were crazy and drunks. <laughs> that named their kids whatever x e a 12 whatever the kid's name is Um, yeah but i think it's you you bring it kind of to to wrap it back up is we we have these three questions that you use as kind of the definition with integrity logic and morality of logic how do we tackle the problems morality of how do we measure the success of how we tackle those problems and then the integrity of how we see ourselves and others in that situation and if they're if they're out of balance you kind of get that that self-righteous aspect or the guilt aspect of or or where you're going to go or you know um my way is better than everyone else's way kind of thing you know you talked about like the 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 medicine or you know admissions emissions or anything like that it's like yeah no there's there's a problem we care about we care about the environment how do we solve that problem so it's like it's living in that harmony and i think yep. i think it that would be again i'd never heard of this idea until you shared it with me and i think it's it's super great just just thinking about it of how we can <clears throat> how we can get there. It is possible because places are doing it, but it's, we have to take this approach where we have to come together and make this happen. It's not a, it's not a single person. It's not a single leader. It's not a single anything. It's we as a collective population. And if we want our population, our community to be everything it can be, we all have to play our part. Exactly. It all starts with you. As corny as it sounds and the Christmas songs when you sing Kumbaya, it really, it really is. It comes down to, to the little things that you can do. And sometimes I think people feel so overwhelmed with the world being so big and all these problems that you can see and the access to information that we have that we retract. And when, you know, you're hurting or when you need faith I am a firm believer that you give. Uh, even if you receive the sense of satisfaction and that is solely your all you take away from it, that it's very, very important for a sense of self and a sense of person to to act on the love that they have inside of them. And honestly, <laughs> God, this sounds so cheesy, but it's all these people have so much love inside of them that they've retracted into themselves because of this kind of strange culture that we've created that it's just kind of forcing you to swallow it. And I feel like, you know, it like makes you sick. Like you have to put it out there. It's, it's about not about how other people receive what you have to give, but it's about giving it anyway. And 
I would always, I would love to be the type of person I've met these type of people and I find them very charismatic and I love them. The people who can just put good out there and just own it. They don't care if, you know, you open, open the door for someone and they walk out and they don't say thank you. It doesn't phase them. Doesn't change their mood. Doesn't change their day. Doesn't change that perspective on that person. Like I'm still on the stage where I say, you're welcome. You know, I'm, I'm the asshole that if you don't say hi to me while I'm running on the trail, I'll cough in your direction. That gets people's attention right now. It's not a fun thing to do. It's, it's kind of a jerk move, but we still have room for growth in these areas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that hits everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I will. I will tell you that I finished my thought on the whole abortion thing, which is in theory, abortion is logic. Like it makes sense to do it because, you know, there's less people on welfare as the statistics have proven. There's less people on welfare and there's less crime. So in that case, people would argue that abortion is logic. That was my point there. I'm sorry that I trailed off, but that's an example of how logic can go awry and probably not be the best uh, solution for a problem, <laughs> but it certainly is backed up with science to say that it is. Yeah. I mean, it's the logic has, has a good place because it provides, it provides options as far as discussion points. So it's like, Hey, let's think about all of the things that we could do. And then, then that's when you wrap those other two pieces in to find what's the best thing exactly. for the population to do. Right. What actually makes people happy? What actually brings, you know, not traumatic experiences from having an abortion at term kind of thing. I mean, that's, that has to be traumatic for people. We should be easy with that. <laughs> yeah. So that was my point there. Anyway. It's a good point. Well, thanks again for being on the show. It's always, it was always a good conversation. Even though we rant and ramble for an hour, it's still fun. Uh, yes. It, has it been an hour? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hour, two minutes and 42 seconds, according to my little timer that I have going on here. Oh my goodness. It's all right. To everyone else, you can reach out to me on all of the socials everywhere at flores.run. We'll put Katie's stuff in the uh, the show notes as well so you can follow her on Instagram because it's super cool just hearing her thoughts. Like you basically get this in Instagram stories and a lot more. It's it's very, very interesting and I highly recommend it. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. It's super helpful. You can also visit my website at www.flores.run. Um, I'm going to be in nebraska in a few weeks i think for a race if it actually happens it looks like it is but thanks so much for joining me today remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time see you next week